Shalom to all. Today's daf is Shabbos daf Tzadi Beis. We're starting four lines from the top, the third to last word on the line. Today's shir is sponsored Le'ilu Nishmas, Reb Chaim Leib ben Rabbi Cheskel Halevi. His neshama should have an aliyah. Back to the Mishnah from the previous daf, that if one carried out a basket of produce and placed it down partially in the Rosh Hashanah he is in Chayev. Chizki and Rabbi Yechanan argued how to understand the Mishnah, and now the Gemara teaches of more Amirayim that have the same argument. V'chena, Morav Rav says, The Mishnah was only talking about that a person is not Chayev if the basket is full of cucumbers and gourd. Since these vegetables are very long, part of each vegetable is still located in the Rosh Hashanah Yachid. If it's full of mustard seeds, Chayev a person would be Chayev. Now the Gemara comments, We see the Rav holds Eged Kli Loishmeh, Eged, that if something is bound inside of a kli, it's not considered bound completely by that kli. Part of the kli is in the Rishos HaYachid, but since some of these mustard seeds are completely in the Rishos HaRabim, at least in the airspace of the Rishos HaRabim, a person would be chayev for placing those down. Abayim Rabbi says, no, afilim le'echard l'pater, even if it's full of mustard seeds, he'd be pater. The Gemara comments, Amakasavar, we see Abayi holds Eged Kli, Shmei Eged, that if it's bound inside the kli, then it's considered Eged, it's considered part of the kli, and since part of the kli is still in the Rishos HaYachid, he's not chayev. Now the Gemara says, Kam Abaye now took up the shita of Rava, and come Rava, the shita of Abaye, Rava takes up the shita of Abaye, meaning they switch their shitas. And the Gemara says, if so, So now I have a kasha on Abai's own opinion and on Rava's own opinion. Why the Itmar? We have a memra. A person carries out produce into the Rosh Hashanah. Abai or Abai says, If he carries out in his hand, he'd be chayv. This is in reference to he's standing in the Rosh Hashanah and only his hand is in the Rosh Hashanah, he's still chayv. But if he carries out in a basket, part of the basket is in the Rosh Hashanah, part of the basket is in the Rosh Hashanah, he's putter. So we see that Abai holds in this case that this basket is egech kli, Shmei Eged, part of this basket is still in Rosh Yachid, so the person's actually putter. Rav Amar Rav says, Biyad, putter. If it's in his hand, then he's putter because he's still partially in Rosh Yachid. But Kli, Chayev, if it's in a Kli, then he's Chayev. Seemingly, he holds Eged Kli, Loishmei Eged, and therefore he'd be Chayev. So it's a contradiction to Rava and Abayah's Shitas. The Gemara says, Epoch, let's switch these Shitas around, so now it's not a contradiction anymore. The Gemara says, Hold on one second. Biyad, Chayev, why would a person be Chayev if his hand is in the Rosh Yachid while he's still in Rosh Yachid? But Tanan, the first Mishnah Arma Sechta says, Pashat Baalbayas says, Yad Luchot, the Baalbayas his hand to the outside of anotal anim and the ani took something from it, or placed something into it, the hichnes, and then the balabais took his hand back inside. Shnein peturin, both of them are putter. How could it be? That's exactly the same case we just mentioned, and the Mishnah had said that a person's putter, where we just said that the person's chayv. Where says not a problem. Hasam lamalam gimel. Over there, his hand is above three tvachim. Therefore, if he didn't do both the akira and the hanacha, then he's not going to be chayv. But hach over here, lamatam gimel, the person's hand is under three tvachim. Therefore, the moment he brings it to the outside. Even though he's still inside, the object is considered loved, it's considered connected to the ground of the Shazarabim, and then he'd be Chayev. And the Mishnah continues, Hamaitzi, a person carries something out, whether it's in his right hand or left hand, it's in its chest, or it's on his shoulders, Chayev, he'd be Chayev. Why is he Chayev for carrying something on his shoulders? Because this is the normal method that the Bnei Kahas used to carry the items of the Mishkan. As the Bnei Israel traveled through the Midbar, the Mishkan was dismantled and transported by three Levite families, Gershon, Kahas, and Merari. Kahas was responsible for the most Kaddish items, the Arun, Shulchan, Menaira, and Tumizbeachs, which were carried by them on their shoulders and not put on wagons. We learn from here that one is Chayef for carrying an object on their shoulders, even though it isn't necessarily a normative mode of transport. The Mishnah continues, Kila'achar Yadeh, a person carries something backhandedly, meaning in an unusual manner, Baragli with his foot, Bepev in his mouth, Uvmar Pekah in his armpit, Ba'aznai, he puts it in his ear, Basari in his hair, Ubundasa, Ubepi Lamata, 
in his money belt, and the mouth, the opening of the money belt, is facing downwards. Bein pundasi lechalukai, it's in between his money belt and his shirt. Besvas chalukai, it's on the hem of his garment, which is all the way down, way low below him, so it's difficult to see if there's something in it. Bimin aloy besandla, he carries it in his shoe or in his sandal. Pater is pater, because he didn't carry something out the normal way people carry things out. Now the Gemara teaches us another halacha of carrying something out on Shabbos. If a person carries something out above ten tefachim, chayef he would be chayef. This is not talking about carrying it on his shoulders that the Mishnah was talking about. This is a new halacha. If a person is carrying something in his hand, but it's above ten tefachim, he would be chayef. The chiddush in this is that we know that the airspace of the Rosh Hashanah that's considered Rosh Hashanah only goes up until ten tefachim, but above ten tefachim is actually usually called a makam petur, where a person wouldn't be chayv. The chiddush here is, is that even though it's above ten tefachim, he's still chayv. Why? This is the method that the b'nei kahas used for carrying items. They were above ten tefachim. How do we know that the masa b'nei was above ten tefachim? The chassivit says in the Pasuk, in reference to the uriahs, the curtains that went around the mishkan. On the mishkan and the mizbeach around. We compare the mizbeach to the mishkan. Just like the mishkan was ten amais tall, so to the mizbeach was ten amais tall. Now mishkan gufei how do we know the Mishkan itself was 10 Amos tall? it says in the Pasuk, the beams of the Mishkan, which was the height of the Mishkan, were 10 Amos tall. Okay, so we're still in the middle of our proof. Uksivin, it says in the Pasuk, and he spread the oil onto the Mishkan. The oil is in reference to the curtains that went on top of the Mishkan. And Rav says, Moshe Rabbeinu himself spread the curtains on top of the Mishkan. What's our proof? From here we can learn that all the Levim, Eser Ames, were 10 Ames tall. Moshe Rabbeinu we know was 10 Ames tall, and we're learning from Moshe Rabbeinu that all the Levim were 10 Ames tall. Okay, and Ugamiri, we know, any load which is carried with poles, a third of it is going to be above the pole, and two-thirds of it is going to be below the pole. All the Kalim in the Mishkan had little eyes for inserting poles into them, and Levim would carry the Kalim in the Mishkan by holding on to the poles, not by actually holding on to the Kali itself. we find that the Mizbech was actually very high above the ground. How is this so? Two-thirds of the Mizbech's height is six and two-thirds Amas. That means six and two-thirds Amas of the Mizbech is going to be below the Levi's shoulders. This leaves about three and a third Amas to the ground, because of the Levi was 10 Amas tall, so his shoulders are going to be slightly below 10 Amas. 10 Amas is up until his head, so we got to make a cheshbin of slightly less than 10 Amas from his shoulders to the ground, which means that there's going to be approximately three and third Amas from the bottom of the Mizbech until the ground. This is way above 10 Tfachim. We see this is a normal way for the Levim to carry 10 Tfachim above the ground. The Umar says, Vibay Seyma, or alternatively, Me'arin. We can learn the same cheshbin from the Arin. The Amar Mar, Arin Tisha. The Arin was nine Tfachim tall. The Kapiris Tfachim, the Kapiris which is on top of the Arin was a Tafach. Harei Kanyod, so we have 10 Tfachim. Ugamirin, we know the Chaltuna, the Middle Bimaitais, any load which is carried on poles, Tilsimil El, a third of it's going to be above the poles, a trade Tilsimil Ra, and two thirds of it is going to be below the poles. We find that the bottom of the Arin was above 10 Tfachim. The Gemara asks, Why don't we just learn from Maisha Abenu, which was our first Limud, that Levim were 10 Amis tall, and we learned from the Mizbeach. Why do we have to give an alternative shot to learn from the Arin? The Gemara says, Though Maisha Shani, maybe Maisha Abenu was different, that he was very tall, but all the other Levim weren't that tall. The Ormar, the Shechina doesn't rest only on someone who's wise, strong, wealthy, and tall. So it's very possible that Moshe Rabbeinu was the only tall Levi. All the other Levim were of regular height. Therefore, we wouldn't be able to learn from the Mizbech. We would have to learn from the Arain. And another halacha regarding carrying on Shabbos. A person carries out a load on Shabbos on his head. Because the people of Hutzol would do this, they would carry jugs of water and wine on their head.
heads. The Gemara asks, Do the people of Hutzel make up the majority of the world's population that we're going to base a chiv of Shabbos off of what they do? They're a very, very small segment of the population. Why would a person be chayv for doing this? So the Gemara says, you're right. El yitmar hoch yitmar, this is really the way it was taught. Amarav mishom Someone from Hutzel that carries something out on his head on Shabbos, chayv, he's chayv, shekein b'nei iri yisin because the people of his city do this, it's normal for them, therefore he's chayv. The Gemara says, v'tibatol dati, etol kol adam, we should negate his intent in regards to what the rest of the world does. The rest of the world doesn't do it like this, so just because everyone in Hutzel does it like this, we still shouldn't be mechayv, even someone from Hutzel that carries it on his head. Gemara says, you're right, el yitmar hoch yitmar, this is really the way that it was taught, hamati masil reshe pater, if a person carries out something on his head, he's pater, tzadi bezo beza on the top, vim tim tzolemer, but if you're going to say the people of Hutzel do this, so you should be chayev. We're going to gate their intent based off of what everyone else in the world does. And since no one else in the world carries things on their head, therefore, just because this fellow carried something on his head, that doesn't make it normal, and the fellow will be putter. And the mission continues. If a person has intent to carry something in front of him, such as he wrapped up money in a pouch, tied it so that it's in front of him, and then somehow mid-transport, it slipped behind him. Putter, he's going to be putter. Rashi says he's misasek. He had absolutely no kavana whatsoever to carry it behind him, so he's putter. However, if he had intent to carry it behind him and then mid transfer it slipped in front of him, and the Gemara is going to discuss what the difference is. In truth, they said, a woman that ties an underskirt around herself, this was some sort of undergarment that she wore for Tsnias, and then she hung something from it. Whether this item is in front of her or it slips to behind her, she's still because the sinar is normal to kind of swivel around and doesn't stay in one place, therefore she knows that this object might be in front of her or might be behind her. Rabbi Huda says, even letter couriers, they have this pouch in front of them, but sometimes it slips behind them. Therefore, it's normal for it to be either in front or behind, and they would be chayv. The Gemara says, Why is it that if he had intent to carry it in front of him and it slipped behind him that he's potter? He didn't carry out his original intent. So when he had intent to carry it behind him and then it slipped in front of him, Nami, he should also be potter. His original intent wasn't carried out. Rabbi Lazar says, Tavar, you're right, it's a contradiction. The Tana of the first statement of the Mishnah is a different Tana of the second statement in the Mishnah. Amarav, Rav says, what's the problem? Maybe when he had intent to carry it in front of him and it slipped behind him, the reason why he's Pater is he had intent to guard it very well. But what ended up happening was a very poor type of guarding because now it's behind him. When he had intent to put it behind him and now it's in front of him, the reason why he would be is he only had originally intended to guard it very poorly. And now, a much better way of guarding it came about, and so for sure he's chayv. Elamai kasha, what would your problem be? kasha. It's just an inference that you can make from the Mishnah. That's what would bother you. What would be this inference? If a person intended to carry something in front of him, and then it slipped behind him, putter, he's putter. What would the inference be? However, if he had intent to carry it behind him and remain that way, chayv, so he would be chayv. But what's the second part of the Mishnah? If he had intent to carry it behind him and it slipped in front of him, who the chayv? That's when he's chayv. The diak would be that if he had intent to carry it behind him and then it remained there, Potter, he would be Potter. So it's a stira and inferences in Diukim of the first and second part of the Mishnah. Amr Ablazar, and on that Ablazar says, Tavr Misha Shanazu, Lai Shanazu. You're right, it's a contradiction. The Tan of the first part of the Mishnah is not the Tan of the second part.
Amravashi and Ravashi says, My kusha, even that's not a problem. Maybe the mission is saying a lemi bayo. Lemi bayo la achrov, ubali la achrov. For sure, if he had intent to carry it behind him and remain that way, the chayev that he's chayev, this avida machshavase, because he's carried out his intent. Even if he had intent to carry it behind him and it slipped in front of him, I still need to learn that that's a case that a person would be chayev. I might have thought, since he didn't carry out his original intent, he shouldn't be chayev. Since he had intent only for a very poor way of guarding it, and now it's come about that he's guarding it very well, the chayv, he's going to be chayv in that case also. Now the Gemara says, This case where he had intent to place it behind him and carry it that way, and remain that way, it's actually machlekes tenaim. We have a brisa. A person carries out money in his money belt, and the opening of the money belt is facing upwards. Because it's a normal way of carrying it out. What about if the opening of the money belt is facing downwards. Rabbi Yehuda Machayev, Rabbi Yehuda says he's chayev, even though it's an irresponsible way of carrying it, nonetheless, it's still considered fairly normal and he would be chayev. But Chacham Paitr Macham would say he is pater. It is completely deviant. This is not a normal way to carry it. Therefore, he'd be pater. Amalan Rabbi Yehuda. And Rabbi Yehuda says to the Chachamim, Wouldn't you agree to me that if he placed it behind him and had intent to carry it that way, that he would be chayev? So we see that even though he's carrying it in an insecure way, nonetheless, you should still be chayev. They respond him, wouldn't you agree to us? If he carried it on the back of his hand or foot, that he would be putter? Meaning, when he's carrying it in an insecure, not normal way, you're actually putter. Um, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, Ani I said something to support my position, and they said something to support their position. I haven't found a way to disprove what they said, and they haven't found a way to answer what I said. And now the Gemara concludes its attempted proof that Ula Achrov, Ubala Ula Achrov, it's Machlekes Tanaim. Now, from the fact that Rabbi Yehuda had told them, don't you agree in this case, doesn't that infer that the Rabbanan would actually disagree with him in that case? And that they would say that in the case of Ula Achrov, Ubala Achrov, when he had intent to put it behind him and remain that way, the Rabbi would say that he's Pater, and Rabbi Yehuda would say he's Chayv. We see it's Machlekes Tanaim. The Gemara says no, because according to that logic, we have to see the way the Chachamim responded to him. Well, Tamech, According to that reasoning, the Ka'amri lay that they told him, don't you agree to us? That would mean that Rabbi Huda would be Mechayev in their case that they suggested. But it can't be, Vatanya, because we have a Brysa. If a person carries something out on the back of their hand or foot, everyone agrees that you're Pater. So it must be that this logic that we're trying to use to prove that there's machlekes between Rabbi Hud and the Chachamim is slightly faulty. And the Gemara says, you're right. If he had intent to carry it behind him and remain that way, everyone agrees you'd be chayv. If he carries it on the back of his hand or foot, everyone agrees that you're putter. Their whole machlekes is exactly what we mentioned above. He's carrying his money belt and the opening is facing downwards. Rabbi Huda compares it to a case where he put something behind him and remain that way, therefore he'd be chayv. And Umar the Chacham compared to a case where he carries something in the back of his hand or foot and he would be putter in that case. Our Mishnah had used this wording of Be'emes Amru Ha'isha. So what's this wording of Be'emes Amru? The Gemara says, Tanu, we have a brisa called Be'emes. Anytime we have the word Be'emes, in truth we said, Halachahi, that's actually the Halacha. Continuing our Mishnah, Rabbi Huda Aymer Afmakabu Ptakim, Tanar, the Brisa says, Shekin Lavlari Malchus Oisenkain. The scribes of the kings would do so. They were the letter couriers, and they would carry them in pouches around their necks, and they'd go from here to there and from there to here, and sometimes the pouch would be behind them, sometimes it would be in front of them. Therefore, they're chayev, no matter which way this pouch ended up being carried out. 
And the Mishnah continues, A person carries out a loaf of bread to the Rosh Hashanah, Chayv, he's Chayv. If two people carried out, Petur and their Pater, If one person's unable to carry out this loaf of bread, or it's some other very large object that needs two people to carry it, and two people carry it out, Chayavin, then they're Chayv. Reb Shimon Pater, Reb Shimon says they are Pater. And the Gemara continues with this theme right away. Amrav Yehuda Marav, if both are able to carry out this object by themselves, and they carry it out together, Rab Meir Machai, Rab Meir says they're Chayv. Rab Yehuda, Rab Shimpaitan, Rab Shimon say that they're Pater. What about Ze'enu Yachal, Ze'enu Yachal, if neither is able to carry out this object by himself? Rab Yehuda, Rab Meir Machaivin, Rab Yehuda, Rab Meir are Machaiv. Two people that carried out together. Reb Shem Paiter and Reb Shimon says that he's Pater. Ze Yochel Vezein Yochel. One person's able to carry it out and one person's not able to carry it by himself. Divri Akol Chayev. Everyone agrees he is Chayev. Who the he is in this case will be determined later. We have a bride, so just like this. A person carries out a loaf of bread to the Rishus Rabim. If two people carried out, Rav Meir says he's says, If one wasn't able to carry it out by himself, and two people carried out this loaf of bread, then they are both Chayv. And if not, Pitur, then they're both Pater. Because it's not normal for two people to carry out a loaf of bread meant for one person. Rav Shem Pater and Rav Shimon says that these two fellows are Pater. Now, Menani Mili, how do we know this? What exactly are they arguing in? And we have a brisa. It says in the pasuk, by doing it, someone is chayv only if he does the entire malacha, but not if he does only part of it. Kate how is this? Two people are holding onto a pitchfork, in, and they're gathering bundles of grain together. This is an iser of ma'amir. They're holding onto a pointed rod, and they're arranging the threads of the loom. They're holding onto a pen together, and they're writing something. They're holding onto a reed. They carry it out to the shesurabim. You might think that they're going to be chayv for doing this malacha, Talmud Laimar, we have a pasuk, by doing it. says kula, you have to do the whole malacha, not if you did part of the malacha, and here each of them only did part of the malacha because they're doing it together. Tzadik Gimel Alpha on the top, if it's a fig cake, and they brought it out to the Shesurabim, if we're discussing a beam, and they brought it out to the Shesurabim, so Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, if one person is unable to carry it out by himself because it's too large, so two people carry it out, that's a normal way of carrying it, chayavin, so they're both chayav. Vimla, but if not, if one person is able to carry it out by himself and two people did it, patur in their patur because it's not a normal way of carrying it out. Reb Shimon, Reb Shimon says, even though one person is unable to carry it out by himself, and two people carry it out together, paturim they're still patur. That's why it says in the pasuk, by doing it, he darshins yachid chayav. If one person did it, he's chayav. Shnaim paturin. If two people do it together, they're patur, and the Gemara is going to continue with Bimakamiflagi, what are they arguing about? What's the source of the Pasuk that they're arguing about? Obviously, they're learning the same exact Pasuk. However, they're learning two different things out of the Pasuk. And tomorrow, we're going to pick up with a deeper understanding between the Machlekes of Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. But for now, everyone should have a wonderful day.